I love music and I love singing. You know, and in the late 90s, I, I um, as I got baptized in the Holy Spirit and began to understand um, worshiping the Lord with music and song, I mean, my whole life changed in that. But can I tell you, we are gravely mistaken if we think that worship is all about a song, and especially if we think worship is about a slow song. Worship is so much more than music and singing. Sure, music and singing to the Lord is one way we express worship. But if you understand in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 7, it says, You shall not use or repeat the name of the Lord your God in vain. That is lightly or frivolously and false affirmations are profanely. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. There's a lot of people I know that like to sing praise and worship songs, but their life is like hell and they think they're worshiping the Lord. We are gravely mistaken if we think worship is singing a song to the Lord. Hey, hey, welcome back to Kingdom Increase with Amanda Hall. I'm Amanda Hall, wife to Rodney, mom to Cecily, and pastor at Kingdom Increase Church in Jerseyville, Illinois. What's up, y'all? I'm excited to be back with you for another week. Hallelujah. And as you see, uh, this episode is titled, What is Worship? And what I said in the introduction may a little, be a little controversial for some, but I'm going to dig into the Word of God and we're going to see what the Word of God says about worship. How many of you would say you love um, you know, what we call the pray, you know, every church is a little different praise and worship portion of our services when we're um, singing and the music is so anointed and, you know, the musicians and the singers are just on point with the Lord. Amen. It's awesome. I love music. I grew up in a musical family. Um, I didn't get that gene, although I do play um, the piano and I do sing lead worship uh, at our church at the present. Um, but I'm telling you what, I love it. And I've always, and really, when you think about it, music of all forms touch people. Um, and so pretty much you won't ever find someone that doesn't like music, right? Music ministers to your soul. And I'm not going to get uh, down into uh, all the details of that um, scripturally today, because I just really want to focus more on what it really means to, to worship Um the Lord, but I mean, we all know this. So, I mean, you can listen to a song and, and by the time you get done with that song, you're pumped up and excited. You can listen to a song. And by the time you're done with that song, you're happy. You can also listen to a song. And by the time you're done with that, you, you, you would rather just shoot yourself in the head, right? You could listen to a song and become depressed by the time you're done listening to that song. I mean, that's the reality of it. You can listen to a song by the time you're done with that, be in an utter uh, state of confusion. Uh, music has a, a lot of ability to affect us. And there are an abundance of scriptures about singing praise to the Lord and stuff like that. So please don't, don't misunderstand me when I, when I say what I, I'm going to say. But we actually need to understand what the Word of God says is worship. This is really important. Go with me to Luke chapter 4 and verse 8. As I share there at the beginning... Um, in Exodus, let me, let me go back there real quick. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 7. I, I think that verse is, is well uh, worthy of being repeated again here um, because it's so important for us to get this. You know, in the um, Ten Commandments, 
verse 7 of Exodus 20, you shall not use or repeat the name of the Lord your God in vain. Now, most of the time we think that just means people using it as cuss words. It, that it does mean that, but it also means that is lightly or frivolously in false affirmations or profanely. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. I mean, you, you, we know people, you, they use the GD and they use the name of Jesus and in like a cursing um, form, right? And so they'll use the name Jesus Christ in a, in a cursing form. We, we know that, but that's not just what that's talking about. That's talking about even using the name of the Lord in a frivolous, a light manner, in a way that you act like you're, you know, you're loving Jesus when you're not. And I'm going to touch on this a little bit more, but I mean, the reality is for many, I know a lot of people over the years, I've met an abundance of people and man, they had a gift for music and they had a, a gift for singing. You could see God had put that gift in them. And maybe at one time they used it, um, for the Lord, but you know, um, I, I, I'm a worshiper and I love to worship, you know, and in our services, um, we have long worship, sir, a, a long music part of our worship service. Okay. We do. We don't have short. It's not three songs and we're done in 10, 12 minutes, right? That's not how we operate because I love to worship the Lord in music. It does help people get out of themselves and put their focus on God, which is what we need to do if we're going to be able to receive um, from him, right? Pull everybody out of their uh, where they are right now and what's been happening to them this week and what they're facing for the next week and get their eyes on Jesus. I mean, it's so important and I love music and many people do, like, like I said, um, earlier, but a lot of people can sing songs on Sunday and then live like hell. You know, you got 168 hours in a week and they can come to church. Even, even in our church, I mean, our services are typically, well, they're not always the same two hours, two and a half hours, three hours, sometimes a little bit longer than that. Right. So say you go to church and you give the Lord three hours on your Sunday morning, you can sing and clap and shout hallelujah. And then you go out and live the other 165 hours in your week like hell. Yeah, that, that is taking the name of the Lord in vain. And it says, the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. And so I think it's important for us to understand this. Now look, I'm not talking, I'm not bringing condemnation. I'm not even bringing condemnation to sinners. Sinners are sinners. They're going to do what sinners do, right? That's not what I'm saying here. And I'm not even bringing condemnation to Christians who at this point in their life have some things out of line and, and they've got some things in their life that are, are sin. I'm not bringing condemnation. I'm bringing you truth because the Holy Spirit will bring you conviction to line that up with the word of God. Amen. And so this is important. I'm not talking about a Christian that is serving the Lord. Like, you know, people come into the body of Christ, um, you know, and they come from various backgrounds and some of them, some really intense backgrounds of some really difficult things and some really bad choices and some really gross habits and, and things like that. And they come and make Jesus Christ their personal Lord and savior. And they are a new creature. It may take them a little bit to realize that, recognize that and begin to live and who they are in Christ. Um, but you, they're, they're, they're pressing into God. They're seeking the Lord. So everything in their life may not be exactly as if you were to look from the outside 
outside and think, well, who do they think they are? They don't think they're anybody. They know they need Jesus. That's why they made him the Lord and Savior. And he will work on them and those things will fall off. I see it all the time. So I'm not talking about those people being in a church service and just pouring their heart out, singing to the Lord, because their heart is right. Their heart is aimed on Jesus. That's what God is looking at is the heart. And he changes all of those other things that are attached to us. Amen. But a lot of people, they, they want to sing a song and, oh, I'm worshiping the Lord. You know, it, it amazes me how many people will pay to go to a Christian worship concert, but they can't even get their butt up to go to church and you don't even have to pay to go there. <laughs> it's amazing to me, right? And so let's understand what it actually means. What is worship? What does it actually mean? Jesus said, being tempted by Satan and in his last and final um, well, in the second uh, temptation that he got from Satan, he says uh, in verse eight of Luke chapter four, and Jesus replied to him, get behind me, Satan. It is written, you shall do homage to and worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Amen. So to worship the Lord your God, this uh, here gives us a, a bit of understanding of what that worship means. Serving him. You are, you shall do homage to and worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Amen. Serve, serving the Lord, not serving yourself, not serving the appetites of sin, not serving what's convenient and comfortable for you, but serving the Lord is a part of worship. Amen. That is a part of what it means to worship the Lord and to be a worshiper. People think, well, I'm a worshiper of the Lord. Yeah, because you like music and you, and you like singing. That's easy. That's an easy thing to do. But we're going to get, I'm going to share a couple definitions too so you get a better understanding but I need to share a couple scriptures with you first. And then I'm going to share uh, these definitions. John chapter 4. We're talking about what it means to truly worship the Lord today. According to what the scriptures say. And this is important for us to grab a hold of this. Luke, or I'm sorry, John chapter 4. We were just in Luke 4 and verse 8. Now we're going to John 4 verses 23 and 24. A time will come, however, indeed it is already here, when the true and genuine worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, in reality. For the Father is seeking just such people as these, as his worshipers. God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth, right? In spirit and in truth. Truth. If we look at that that word worship in both Luke four eight and John four, it this is what the word means. This is what it means literally: to fawn or crouch, to prostrate oneself in homage, do reverence to, adore. All right, to fawn or crouch. So we're talking about a physical position here. To fawn or crouch, to prostrate oneself in homage, do reverence to adore. So we're actually talking about a physical position of bowing down, 
prostrating oneself in worship, reverence, homage, and adoration. Psalm 95, 6 says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Psalm 29, 2, ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Both of these scriptures, as well did the other ones that I shared, right? Luke 4, 8, to worship your, to just worship the Lord only and to serve him. That gives you, uh, uh, how, how do I want to say, one facet of worship, worship serving him. In the, in the John 4, it gets, you must worship him in spirit and truth, in reality. There has to be a realness to your worship um, of the Lord. And it's spirit too. It's not just driven by, you know, some law, but it's, it's spirit. God is spirit and we must worship him in spirit and in truth. In, in these passages, in Psalm 95, 6, let us worship and bow down. Again, that bow down comes, and I'm going to share the definition of this word worship in these Old Testament passages um, in a minute, but it basically, it literally means the same thing as worship that we saw in Luke 4 and John 4. Bow down. Like, again, we're talking about a literal physical position. In, in Psalm 29, 2, which I read, Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. This gives you another aspect of what it means to worship the Lord. Holiness. Live a holy life. Now, these are truths that many people, they would rather just sing a song because it's easy. Woohoo! Shout, clap, dance, and jump, and, you know, sing. It's easy to do that. It's a whole nother ball game when you're going to live a life in holiness, when you're going to live your life to serve the Lord, when you're going to not only bow your physical body, but you're bowing your heart, meaning submitting yourself to the Lord. You're reverencing God and saying, everything I am and everything I have belongs to you, came from you in the first place. I'm going to do what you want me to do. I'm going to say what you want me to say. I'm going to be who you want me to be. I'm, you know, and, and so this is what it means to worship the word worship in those, uh, old Testament passages in Psalm, as well as most of the other old Testament passage means prostrate and homage to God, bow self down, crouch, fall down flat, humbly beseech. So we're talking here literally about a physical position. But when we come into the book, uh, the New Testament, we see that John hits, on, that God hits on something that he has John right. That it's not because the Israelites were good at this, right? They, they knew how to bow down and act like they're worshiping the Lord. And I'm going to touch a little bit more on that in, in, in just a few minutes. But, but what Jesus was saying here, he said, look, the, the time is coming. Actually, no, it's already here. When those who are true worshipers aren't just getting down on their hands and their knees and facing towards Jerusalem and the temple and calling that worship. No, the true worshipers worship in spirit and in truth. There's a reality to their worship of God. Amen. 
And so it's not just a physical position. It's actually a heart position, a heart position that bows to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. It's a heart position that says, I would really like to do this Lord, but I'm submitting and surrendering and consecrating my life to you. And whatever it is you want of me, I'm going to do it. Whatever you're asking me to give up, I'll give up. Whatever you're asking me to do, I'll do. Whatever you want me to say, I'll say. Wherever you want me to be, I'll be. What you want me to be and who you want me to be, I'll be. And where you want me to go, I'm going to go. That is what it means to worship, to surrender your life. If you go back to that Exodus passage in verse 20, and uh, or chapter 20 and verse 7, again, in the Ten Commandments, you see there that ultimately, that is what that passage is saying. It doesn't do you any good to say you're a worshiper of Lord or, you know, that, that God's your God and you believe in Jesus if your heart isn't actually surrendered because that is what God is looking at, is the heart. Right? He's not looking at the outward. He's looking at the heart. And you can't be a true worshiper of the Lord if you don't take into account these realities and aspects of worship. Yes, it it is. You can say it's a physical expression, but it's much more than that, which is what Jesus, it tells us here. It's we worship in spirit and in truth. It's real in our lives. We don't just say we believe in Jesus. A lot of people believe in Jesus. A lot of people even think that Jesus is the son of God. And many people actually think he is the savior of the world. But they got this mindset that that just means they're automatically going to go to heaven. They don't understand what the word says and they won't take it to account because they want to serve themselves. If you're a true worshiper, you're serving God. You're not serving self. Go with me to Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. Let's take a look at it here. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, a very well-known passage for believers. Amen. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you in view of all the mercies of God, to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties. Now he's talking about your physical being as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, or rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. Let me read that again. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you in view of all the mercies of God to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. Mm. That one verse, man, there's just so much wrapped up in there. This is what it means to worship. It's not a song. 
Yes, singing and music is one way. We know that David made an abundance of instruments, it says, to praise the Lord, right? So we understand that. But what good does it do Do you sing and shout to the Lord in song and music while you don't serve him? Well, you don't live for him. Well, you haven't presented your body, your physical being and all your abilities, your gifts, your faculties as a living sacrifice, as a holy, devoted and consecrated individual who is well-pleasing to God. And it says this is your reasonable, your rational and intelligent service and spiritual worship. In the King James, that original word is, is it just says service. This is your reasonable service. That word service means ministration of God, meaning worship, divine service, service, serving the Lord. If you're singing songs to the Lord, but you're not serving him, you're taking the name of the Lord in vain. That's not good, <laughs> right? That's, that's not good. And like I said in the introduction, you know, man, now, I'm, I'm serving the Lord, but there were some things in my life out of line when I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Boy, you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, and Holy Ghost will just put his thumb on some things. Amen? And that's when I began to, to uh, really um, know about Christian music and stuff. And the Christian music back in the late 90s, early 2000s, quite different than what it is today. Some of it better, some of it worse, but today it's, it's the same way, right? What, it, what qualifies as Christian music, I'm not sure where, they're, where they get their theology, but I'm pretty sure it isn't from the Word of God. <laughs> they base their songs on their experience and not the Word of God, right? And so, but it changed me because it's when I began to understand um, uh, the power there is in, in, in surrendering, submitting, and consecrating your whole life to the Lord and, and using your words to express that in song and in music. Amen. And so it's powerful. It, it, it changed me. I, it was from that time forth, really, that I began to, to listen to very little other music. Now, I don't listen to Christian radio now, days I haven't for years, um, but I listen, and I actually don't spend a lot of time listening to music. I spend time worshiping the Lord with music, praising the Lord with music, right? Because praise is the fruit of our lips, amen? And so I myself sit down on my piano, right? And, and have conversation with God in praise and worship and music and in song. I love it. And I do a lot of it. I don't have my radio on typically in, in the car. If I do, it's because I'm listening. I'm not listening to the actual radio. I'm listening to somebody preaching and teaching. Amen. Lots of times if I'm in a car by myself, I'm praying the Lord and I might be singing a song, right? Worshiping the Lord in song and prayer um, myself. Um, but I don't just turn on Christian radio nowadays. Most of that music I don't even like. So, um, <laughs> for various reasons, and I'm not trying to be hateful or nothing. It's, it's just it. It's just the, the, the thing is, is that back when I started in that, everything in my life wasn't lined out. I wasn't living the, the greatest level of holiness that I could, but my heart was set on the Lord. And that's what he looks at when it comes to worship. You may be able to sing with the best of the best, but if your heart is wrong, God don't care. 
That those words are an abomination. His word tells us actually that the prayers of, of, of the wicked are an abomination to him. And, and so I've heard ministers say worship, like, you know, when you're singing and, and it, remember in the, that New Testament word worship that we read from Luke and John, one of the things is adore, right? When you're singing songs of great adoration and love, um, you know, for the Lord, God ain't listening to the words if your heart ain't right. And your prayer, it's like a prayer. It's, it's your pouring out. It's like your serenading of God, um, if you will. But he's after your heart. He's after your heart. And a true worshiper is worshiping in spirit and in truth. Not just in a song. Not just in a song. Amen? This is important truths. I'm going to look at three more scriptures here. Isaiah 29 verse 13 to kind of prove my point a little bit more of what I'm saying. It's not my point, but prove that what I'm talking about in the word of God. I mean, I just gave you scriptures, gave you the definition of the word worship in both Old and New Testament. So, I mean, it, that's, it's already proven itself. But I want to read a few more scriptures because I think this is important for us to get a hold of and for you to see that I'm not just saying something to be saying something, right? This is important. Be a true worshiper. Man, you can always tell a true worshiper. Always. Isaiah 29, verse 13. And the Lord said, For as much as this people draw near me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but remove their hearts and minds far from me, and their fear and reverence for me are a commandment of men that is learned by repetition without any thought as to the meaning. Hmm. See? And really that's when Jesus says, the, it, the time has come where the true worshipers will worship me in spirit and truth. They're, they're not, people aren't just bowing down as the Jews of the Old Testament facing the temple in Jerusalem no matter where they are out of the commandment of man. No. He said, they draw near me as much as these people draw near me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but remove their hearts and minds from me. And their fear and reverence for me are a commandment of men that is learned by repetition without any thought as to the meaning. Man, that's a great definition of religion right there. And one verse, a great definition of religion. Their, quote, reverence for God is really just out of repetition, religion, what people told them to do. They say it with their mouth, but their heart isn't anywhere in it. Ezekiel chapter 33 and verse 31. Ezekiel 33 and verse 31. And they come to you as people come. And they sit before you as my people and they hear the words you say, but they will not do them for with their mouths, they show much love, but their hearts go after and are set on their idolatrous, idolatrous greed for gain. <laughs> Come on now for with their mouths, they show much love 
but their hearts go after and are set on their idolatrous greed for gain. And then over in Matthew chapter 15, Matthew 15. Verses 7 through 9. Now Jesus is speaking here. You pretenders, hypocrites. Admirably and truly did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, These people draw near me with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but their hearts hold, their hearts hold off and are far away from me. Listen. Uselessly do they worship me, for they teach as doctrines the commands of men. What is worship? <laughs> worship isn't just with your mouth. is isn't just singing a nice, pretty slow song. Worship is with the heart. Jesus is always after the heart. That is what he's after. Because if the heart is changed, then the life is changed. If the heart is changed, then the life is changed. If the heart isn't changed, the life won't be changed. They may what they say may sound right, but their actions will prove they're wrong. They may what they say may look like they're a good tree, but their actions and the fruit of their life will prove they're a bad tree. Let me read those verses again. Jesus speaking, Matthew 15, 7 through 9. You pretenders, hypocrites. Admirably and truly did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, These people draw near me with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but their hearts hold off and are far away from me. Uselessly do they worship me, for they teach as doctrines the commands of men. See, some people have a lot of lip service, but there's no true service and worship of God. Worship isn't a slow song. Worship is a life surrendered, bowed down to Jesus Christ, King of Kings, and Lord of Lords. And this life of worship isn't in pretense. It's active in holiness. It's active in service of the Lord. It's active in the using of your gifts, talents, abilities, and faculties to serve him in the building of his kingdom. That's what it means to worship. And so when we sing songs and we call this, you know, worship or, or whatever, I'm, you know, it is an expression of our worship, right? But so isn't tithing and so isn't sowing seed, financial seed. That is an act of worship. You're surrendering your will to the will of God and putting your abilities, your talents, your time, because the money you put in to, to offering cost you time and talent, right? You use your talents, your gifts, your abilities, and your time to create that money. Well, God's the one that gave you the talent, the gift, the ability, and the time. And when you honor God, then you're worshiping him in that. And so let's not confine worship to a song, music, singing, or even, you know, what a lot of people say, worship's a slow song. You know what I mean? That's not what it is at all. It's a heart that is surrendered. It's a life of worship, surrendered, bowed down to Jesus Christ, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And this isn't meant to bring any kind of condemnation. This I'm truly just teaching today, right? Because like I said, I mean, right now, like I had an amazing, one of our church people shared, just been coming to our church a couple months now. And I, shared a powerful testimony with me 
yesterday afternoon sent me a message. Tell me how thankful they were because since they rededicated their life to the Lord, right? Repented and rededicated their life to the Lord. Started coming to church regularly. I mean, consistently faithful, faithful to the house of the Lord on Sunday, right? Faithful to keep in touch even um, with me during the week as I keep in touch, right? I mean, just those kind, kinds of things. This person told me that, that they're, they no longer do drugs. I didn't know they did that. I had no idea. It wasn't my business anyway, right? But this is what happens. You know, when people come and surrender their life to the Lord, I mean, this is powerful. It was such a powerful testimony what this person shared with me. I mean, I just rejoiced in the Lord. It was so amazing. And so this, what I'm talking to you about is not someone that's, that's surrendered their life to the Lord and maybe still has some attachments to, to the world that the Holy Ghost is going to break off by the word of God because he will. Do you understand what I'm saying? This person's heart turned away from sin and turned to God. That didn't mean that every action of sin fell off of their life immediately. But their heart turned to God. And as they've been faithful in, in, in committing themselves to gathering together on Sundays, to reading the word of God every single day and staying connected with me, the, it, the Lord's just doing so much in their life. That's what I'm talking about, right? And so if your heart is set on God, if your heart is set on his kingdom, if your heart is set on serving him, all of those things that are out of a line and any sins that have you trapped up and any weight and any problems and any chains, they're going to come off. Because when you're a true worshiper, man, the Lord takes note. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the working power of his word and his spirit will just break loose. Why? Because the anointing destroys the yoke. Come on now. Hallelujah. This is why it's so important. So again, I'm not teaching this as any form of condemnation. If there's something in your life that you know is out of alignment, is your heart set on God? Then, then set your face like Flint, set your heart like Flint on him. Be in the word every single day. Get yourself planted in a Holy Ghost, word preaching, teaching, and demonstrating church. And stay committed. Be there every Sunday for the Sunday service. And stay connected to your pastor and your spiritual leaders. And to me, that was, I read what this word says. It says, then, you, then you're not giving the Lord lip service. Your heart is toward him. And as your heart is toward him, then everything in your life outwardly will begin to line up to what has happened to your heart. You're a new creation, a new creature. And as you focus on that and focus on him and stay in the word and stay connected to the church, stay committed to Sunday service, stay connected to your pastor and your spiritual leaders, then you live a life of worship for the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Do you hear my heart in this today? And did you get what the word of God, what, what did I share? I shared one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I shared 10 passages of scripture today with you about worship. Plus I went in to the Hebrew definition and the Greek definition of this word worship which were basically both the same and laid it out 
very plainly and very, um, you know, just sure, just by the, by the word of God. I'm telling you, it will change your life when you become a true worshiper. It changed my life. It changed my life and I've never, ever, ever looked back. So let me just say to you, if you're listening to this and you're not living that life, if you're maybe giving God lip service, but your heart is far from him, you giving lip service, but you aren't living to serve him. You aren't living holy. You're not, you're not living a life that is well-pleasing to him as we read in Romans chapter 12, 1. Well, this is your day to make a commitment. This is your day to turn away from that life of sin and turn to God in Christ Jesus. If that's you, I just want you to say this prayer from your heart. I'm going to give you the words to say, but it needs to come from your heart. Mean what you say. And if you mean what you say to God, then God's going to mean what he says in his word concerning you. And you're going to find yourself a true worshiper of God. Amen. Just say this. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your love. And thank you for sending Jesus to this earth to die on a cross for my sins. I believe in my heart that you raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. I turn away from sin and I turn to you, God. Today, I confess Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. And I give you thanks. Show me, Lord, how to please you in every area of my life and give me a heart that hungers after you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you said that prayer with me, I want you to drop me a direct message. I've got some stuff I'd like to send to you and to help you as you walk this life. It'll become a life, a lifestyle of worship that you are a true worshiper of the Lord. And if need be, help you get connected into a really good church with really good pastors um, that will help you grow in that relationship. And for the rest of you that listen, those that are faithful to to listen to all of all of my podcasts. I thank you for the opportunity to minister the word of God to you. And I believe that you're gaining value as you hear it. I believe that your faith is, is, is growing. I believe you're growing stronger. Amen. In the things of God. And I count it an honor to be able to share the word with you. And if it is really blessing you, share it with others. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you. For everyone that listens to this, that is a true worshiper of yours, that's that's given their life to serve you, that's living a holy life according to your word and by the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord, that you would give them their heart's desires. And if there's anything in their life that continues to grab a hold of, of them and keep them in any kind of chain or bondage in the name of Jesus, name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I thank you, Lord Father, that you've loosed them from that chain. You've loosed them uh, from that bondage. They are free in Jesus name. Every spirit of depression goes in Jesus name. Every form of anxiety goes in Jesus name. Every desire to want to, to drink alcohol or do drugs and numb yourself to this world goes in Jesus name. Hallelujah. 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 
And Father, for those that are standing strong and living holy lives, I ask in the name of Jesus that you would just strengthen them in a greater measure in their inner being by the might and power of your Holy Spirit. And everything they are setting out to do, I pray, Lord, that you would remind them today through my mouth that it's not by their own might and it's not by their own power, but it is by your spirit that they will accomplish it. Give them the instruction, the direction, and the power and the wisdom they need to accomplish everything you place in their heart to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Well, thank you for joining me. I'll be back on Wednesday.